And uh, next, I get the pleasure of introducing our brother, Javon, as you know, as many of you know. He's just a blessing. Ever since he got saved, he's just been excited to be in, in the fellowship and the presence of the Lord, and he's just got just a great heart. I love hearing testimonies just in general, and it's such a, uh, you know, it, it just, it's always good to kind of go back and, and just review what the Lord has done for people. It's just great to hear. I could listen to testimonies all day long. Satan opposes testimonies, by the way. We've already had a bit of opposition tonight. I had a little bit of a devotion, a bunch of notes scribbled, and I was hoping to type them up and organize them, but it didn't happen. The good thing is that'll be uh, notes for a later teaching, just really fascinating things in the Bible. So I, I love the Word of God. I love testimonies. I love hearing what the Lord is doing. But there was some opposition tonight. As I mentioned, poor Ethan, I think, injured his finger, and there was concern about a break, and then Sean had to get him attended to, and then try to make it in, and, and uh, just quite a few things going on. So, But nonetheless, we're here now. Praise the Lord. As you know, my testimony is one of being an, an atheist and just kind of being an outsider to the church, so to speak, and, and so, and Javon as well, and his mother Erica, and and Reggie, and just, you know, it's neat how the Lord can bring people into the family of God, despite your background, and despite everything now, that Javon and Erica's test, uh, Erica gave her testimony as well, and it's just, it's really great just seeing how the Lord would have his hand upon an entire family, so it's really wonderful. A quick note, quick reminder, if you're raised in a Christian home, by the way, that's a great testimony. I love that testimony. That That is just something to rejoice in. If you were raised in a Christian home and raised, just keep it, please. Just keep going with the faith and, and just keep pushing forward. Not everybody has to be rescued. You know, there's a lot of really great testimonies, drugs, alcohol, things that people were rescued from, but having been raised in a Christian home is a great testimony as well. Praise the Lord for it. And like I've told told our family too, you know, there's no no looking back, you know, anything like that. You review the things that the Lord has done for you, certainly, but just going forward, pressing forward, pushing on, because we see that the day is coming. So we want to just keep pushing forward. And, you know, no matter what you started out with or how you began, just keep going forward in the Lord. That's the that's the great thing. Uh, we are called to to kind of review and remember the things that the Lord has done. He makes that clear. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8 state, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide from them, not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born. That's us in a sense. We're the ones born much later than the, you know, the, uh, from the days of Moses and way back when where the psalm in particular reviews all the wanderings in the desert and everything and uh, you know, but we're the children that should be born later, that's us, and should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And it's actually uh, quite a long chapter and just a great review of everything that the Lord did with Israel and their dealings in the wilderness. 
Um, so I won't read the whole thing. Verses 37 through 39 are interesting as well. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned, turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. And that's our life, you know, as quickly as it goes by. That's just how our life is. It's just that quick. So we are called to review and, and to uh, just be thankful for all that the Lord has done. But also we are called to rejoice in our testimonies as well. And Psalm 21, verses 1 through 7, do exactly that. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in the salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire and has not withholden the request of his lips, Selah. For thou meetest meet him with the blessings of goodness. Thou set a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gave it him, even length of days forever and ever. And it's funny, Jackie and I were talking, my wife and I were talking about there's so much building going on around, and sometimes I take just a slightly different route. Even tonight, I hit a stretch where I was coming down to church, going a different way because I had to pick up one of the children. And there's just so much building going on around here, over by St. Francis is where I came. Just so much building, to up and down Route 60. I was in Short Pump a couple of days ago. So much building up there. And the one thing you can't buy at any of those stores is salvation. It just amazes me how much incredible building there is. And you would think that you could get, you could obtain just about anything that you set out to. And you can, materially, you can get just about anything. But salvation is the one thing that just eludes people if they're not really looking and, and don't really care about it. And they're, they're trying to satisfy themselves with material things. But of course, we know that there's a limit as to how satisfying that really is. And then you're, you're looking for the next thing. But um, you know, just all the stuff around us, and yet salvation is there, and that's the one thing that we have that we can just rejoice in. He asked life of thee, and thou gave it him, even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him, for thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceedingly glad with thy countenance, for the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. And that's all of us, praise God. That's Javon, who, like, like many of us, was, you know, had just resisted or wanted to hear more about it, but we weren't completely, um, you know, convinced or, or whatever the things may be that may hold us back. That's a lot of us. But Javon, as you know, he spent, I think, a, close to a full year on a missions trip, you know, soon after getting saved. That's just really remarkable, and that's, you know, that is evidence of just a deep love for the Lord and a deep, deep commitment. So with that, I will pray, and then Brother Javon can come on up. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Thank you for this evening, Lord, and for Javon being willing to give his testimony, Father. And we just pray that you would bless him, fill him with your spirit, Lord, and give him the words that, that you would have him say, Lord, and help us all rejoice with him as we look back to what you have done for us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Russ. Hello, hello. 
Is the mic on? Yeah, there you go. Cool. No, Russ, I think um, you're definitely right as far as, um, you know, even though I didn't grow up in a Christian home, you know, I talked to a lot of people who kind of grew up in the church and think they don't have a testimony. But the reality is, like, yes, you do have a testimony. And, like, even when I talk about my testimony, I realize, man, like, uh, like, my testimony is, like, I wouldn't wish anyone to be lost their whole life. I wouldn't wish anyone to just grow up in the darkness and just without Jesus and fall into sin. Because uh, there's consequences to that for sure. But, um, yeah, I still praise God for my testimony, though. And uh, the testimony is definitely not about me, but about Jesus and what God has done. Um, and definitely tonight is such a blessing. And I just want to confirm that God is so good as well as just, man, like he definitely continues to speak. Like the Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit is actively moving in our lives. It's not to where like, again, like Jesus is not far away, but he's here and he's speaking to us. Um, the song that Calvin was singing, Unchanged, like the faithfulness, like God has been confirming that just really strongly this, uh, just this season, uh, within this year and last year, as well as, bro, before I came here, man, I was listening to a song, uh, it's a rap song about just God's promises, man, just God's so faithful, man, and he does not lie, and he always keeps his promises, and, uh, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to start on that note just because, like, again, God is faithful. And uh, let's, let's uh, really meditate on that. One of the scriptures I do want to share before I start is uh, um, Exodus 29:46. If you guys want to go there, please do. And just as you're kind of talking about Russ, just about um, God's deliverance towards Israel from Egypt and just continually just being faithful to them, never leaving or forsaking them. Uh, so I'm going to read verse 46 in Exodus 29. It says, And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them up out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them up out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. Uh, let me pray. Father God, I, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this time, God. I thank you for um, each and every individual here, Lord. We just praise you, Jesus, praise you exactly what this brother's for salvation. Lord, thank you for saving us. God, your word said this is your power. This is your power is to save everyone who believes. And so, Lord, thank you for demonstrating your power through Israel, demonstrating your power through me, demonstrating your power through um, just what you're doing in our lives, in the lives of each member in CCR, God, thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing all around the world. Thank you, Jesus. You're still delivering people. You're still in the business of saving and bringing people to know you, God. And this is what it's about, just knowing you. 
And Lord, you show yourself faithful. Your, your promises are yes and amen. So Lord, be with us tonight, God. Help us to just see you more just um, for just who you are, God, which is wonderful, which is mighty and, and such a merciful God. So we thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, be with me. Speak through me and speak to all of us, God. Um, thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name, Lord. Amen. So, yeah, what I would want to start with just, obviously, you guys know my name is Javon. For some of you who don't, yeah, Javon, that's with two A's, too. Um, I grew up in uh, Philadelphia. I grew up in Philly. And, uh, yeah, and most of my family, for the most part, are Jehovah Witnesses. So, and mostly on, the, on my dad's side of the family, everybody's are Jehovah Witnesses. If you guys aren't super familiar with Jehovah Witnesses, uh, it's pretty much, well, they definitely do not believe in uh, the Jesus in whom uh, we believe in. You know, they believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. Uh, they believe that um, Jesus has already come. They believe Jesus didn't even physically rise again. They believe he spiritually rose again. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a wild religion for sure. Um, and some wouldn't even call it religion. Some would call it a cult. Um, I wouldn't use that terminology with Jehovah's Witness for sure. <laughs> That's how you lose them. Um, but yeah, most of my family were Jehovah's Witnesses and really a part of their belief system. And uh, even to the extent to where, you know, my mom, who was a part of the Jehovah Witnesses, because she wasn't really being really religious, eventually she was excommunicated and pretty much like, now like, can't be a part of their organization. Uh, yeah, and my dad as well is just not even wanting to be interested in joining or being about that. And so really, I like kind of rust. I grew up in a very godless home where they didn't teach me about Jesus. They didn't teach me about God. They didn't teach me about any type of religion. There was definitely always like prayers at the dinner just because it's a traditional thing, just because like, you know, Americans pray before they eat their meals. But other than that, there was no talk of Jesus or any of that. And so kind of growing up in Philly, you know, just kind of growing up in the streets, just like doing my thing, having fun as a kid, but definitely like not learning about anything. And as far as my father um, and mom, my mom raised me and my older brother Marquise for the most for most of our lives. And uh, yeah, my dad was definitely, you know, present for like 20 to 30 percent of our lives, but he definitely was completely emotionally absent, uh, completely just not really connecting with us. Definitely he would, you know, financially provide for us when we needed it, not as much as he definitely could have or should have, but yeah, he definitely was not there for me and my brother, especially when we needed it. And I think that was very impactful because, you know, something that was really, that I just remember, and I don't hold it against my dad, you know, Jesus has definitely helped me to, you know, love my father and talk to him and share Christ with him which I have multiple times. But um, yeah, something I'll never forget is just as my father, and this is not to speak bad of him, uh, but you know, he would never be 
faithful to his promise. Like if he were to say, hey, let's go do this, or hey, I'm going to pick you up at this point in time, he just wouldn't show up. Um, and that really struck my heart as a kid, just to be like, man, like, I can't trust my dad at all. And I really have to trust in myself, like, you know. And so kind of growing up without my father for the most of the part, it was either, for me, it was either become more like my mom or do my own thing. And yeah, I chose to do my own thing for sure. And so, you know, as I kind of grew up with my mom, I was doing my own thing. Uh, and she, she definitely did the best job that she could, being godless as well and not knowing Jesus and not really knowing how to raise kids, but kind of doing it the way she was taught and the way her parents uh, raised her. And uh, so she kind of did what uh, she had to do as a mother, was just really struggling and putting food on our table. And uh, her boyfriend was just a huge drug dealer in uh, Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, she was kind of living that lifestyle of, you know, and I hope if she's listening, I hope she's okay with me sharing her testimony a little bit. Because it's definitely a huge part of uh, impact that I had on my life. But, yeah, of her boyfriend being a drug dealer and, and her having multiple boyfriends and people coming in and out of the home all the time. And definitely just so much arguing and fighting in the homes that, like, I was, like, uh, like just hardened towards men, hardened towards uh, people, like, of authority, for sure, to where I just... You know, it kind of hardened my heart. Um, and so kind of growing up in that environment, you know, again, I'm just learning how to do all this on my own of, like, again, my mom raising me, kind of teaching me some good things, for most part, not so good things for sure, and just not really as well, you know, guiding us in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, and then for the most part, living that lifestyle. And then when I came up about 16 or... Yeah, like 16, I started to really get into, uh, because music for me was like super connected. Like I always connected with music. I would always listen to music. Uh, and, you know, I would always hang with my friends and we would rap and we would do our thing. Um, but it definitely was super connecting. And I started to really get more into listening to people, listening to music. And I started listening to this one guy. Um, his name is Tyler Creator. I started to listen to him, and uh, yeah, I really like clung to just you know his music, and it really fit what I was believing and where I was in my heart, which is just like super rebellious, like like I don't care about anything, and you know I really started to follow that to where I'm drawing six 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 upside down crosses on my books and you know on the desk in high school. Um, to where, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying ignorant things. But just out of, like, I want to follow this guy. I, I want to be the most ignorant that I can. Um, and interestingly enough, like, my dad thought I was a, you know, a good kid. Even my mom thought I was, like, you know, the good child. But behind the scenes, I was, like, the rebellious guy. I was ringleader. I was, uh, I was definitely not good. But, like, I would put on the facade, and I would be, you know, the nice kid, and then, like, with all the friends, though, I'm wilding, and I'm just, I'm the ringleader for sure. Um, and it started to come more out as I got older. But, um, yeah, I really started to listen to that music for sure. And, um, 
you know, then it was kind of a journey from there of just wanting to do what I want. And eventually I moved with my dad for like two years because uh, me and my mom kind of got into a fight and yeah, I moved out. Um, and this was like 16 uh, when the, all this started to happen. And yeah, I moved to Delaware. I was living in Delaware for a good two years. And um, yeah, I kind of made friends there. And then my mom, she just felt the Lord calling her to, well, again, she didn't know Jesus, but she would testify now that it was God definitely leading her to Virginia. Because she, she said she was like really feeling the leaning like to move to Virginia because my grandmom lived here at the time. And um, so she moved here and pretty much her boyfriend was like, you know, if you move, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to help you anymore because he really wanted her to stay in Philly. So he's like, I'm not going to help you anymore. You can go to, to Virginia and I'm not going to support you. You know, I'm not coming or anything. And so she kept it moving. She went to Virginia and uh, I guess God softened his heart. And then he ended up visiting like a week or two later and uh, he loved it. And he was pretty much telling my mom like, and again, this is like her boyfriend, kind of fiance, because they're like been engaged for like 10 years. Um, I say boyfriend because they, I, don't, I wasn't expecting a marriage at any point in time. Uh, but yeah, again, and my heart was hardened towards, uh, his name is Rashim. And my heart was hardened towards him because of the abuse that I seen between the both of them and between him being strung out as well as my mom just being an alcoholic. Um, but again, he moved. I mean, he didn't move, but he went to visit my mom in Virginia and he got there. He loved it. He was like, I love it here. You know, again, Philly is city. Uh, and this is like really the most country that, you know, we've ever lived in. And um, so he, he really loved it here, though. He loved the country. He loved all the, you know, more grass and trees. He loved it. Um, and he was pretty much telling my mom, like, I'm going to go. Like, I'll, I'm going to come here. I'm going to leave my life down in Pennsylvania. Like, I'm going to leave that life and come and move here. And, um, yeah, when he moved, I mean, I'm sorry, he went back, uh, of, like, two days later after he went to visit and he went back to pretty much handle some business and pretty much to pack up and come back to Virginia. And yeah, it's like that day that he went back, maybe the next day, he was literally like shot and killed in front of my mom's apartment. Uh, because he's a drug dealer, he had lots of money on him and they pretty much killed him. And this was his friends too. Uh, they pretty much killed him and took his money and, and um, just, yeah, and they actually raided the apartment, and that was definitely a God thing, because if God didn't move my mom out of there, who knows, right, and, um, but my mom was definitely heartbroken over it. I showed no empathy at all. Uh, I just pretty much didn't care. I didn't empathize with her. I didn't, wasn't there for her, didn't call her, didn't check up on her. I didn't care. Yeah, and, um, she was mourning for her, uh, her fiance, and you know, no one was really there for her. And God really came to her. And uh, she started reading the Bible. And again, she had a Jehovah's Witness background. Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't really read the Bible. Like if you talk to a Jehovah's Witness, 
they'll probably more likely hand you a, a watchtower pamphlet or a how to study the Bible book, but they won't even hand you the Bible. As many as Jehovah's Witnesses I talk to, they probably would not hand you a Bible, which is really interesting. Um, but she started to read the Bible and like began to see another Jesus and like the scriptures than the Jesus that she was told because she didn't read the Bible either. You know, she just kind of listened to what they said, listened to the family, but she did not, um, she did not actually read the Bible. So when she started to read the Gospels, she started to see another Jesus, the real Jesus. Um, and it changed her. And from that day, she started to follow Jesus. And from that day, I definitely seen a change in her, but I was definitely too ignorant to really care or to really acknowledge it. My, my brother, Marquise, acknowledged it more than me. He definitely talked about it more than me. And he definitely was wanting to, you know, at first know Jesus. Um, but I definitely was like, you know, I don't really care. And I didn't think much about it. Um, but yes. And so this kind of skips some stuff. I eventually moved with my mom to Virginia. Um, I don't know. This was probably like 2016. I eventually moved with my mom to Virginia. And from there, you know, I was, I'm a skater. I still skate. And so I was, you know, a part of me making friends here was skating with kids, you know, who are at my school, which I went to Clover Hill for uh, two years, my junior year to my senior year. But, um, yeah, I kind of met some kids, uh, skated with them, kind of built a relationship with them. Um, and that's cool. I met some other kids. I joined a rap group. Um, we kind of were doing our thing and hanging out with them and just being stupid as well as making music. Uh, and from there, then I just started to meet other people, made my own rap group and uh, with this other kid and um, kind of started to do our thing. And yeah, I started to meet other people and new people. And I met this one guy who all the dude did was drugs all the time and met him and pretty much started to hang out with him every day and do the exact same thing that he's doing every day. Um, yeah, and me and my friend, that's what all we would do from that point forth to where, you know, we'd wake up to drugs. <laughs> um, we would go to school, come home, do the same thing throughout the day, do the same thing. And literally, this was my life for like two straight years. Same thing, same thing every day. Um, to where I got a car, now I'm using it to, you know, sell, to sell drugs. And I'm using it for uh, other things like that. Um, and this just became my lifestyle to where I zoned out of school. My mom really started to really see just the enemy killing me, uh, just destroying me completely to where it really got to a point where she was afraid. Like, she was afraid of me in the house, where she would lock her door, scared of me. But this is what I would do. This is what I would do all the time. And um, she prayed for me all the time, too. 
She definitely prayed for me all the time. All the time she prayed for me. And we got into many arguments, many arguments about, you know, Jesus, because I didn't want to hear it at all. You know, I didn't want to hear anything she had to say. Uh, many arguments that we got into over Jesus. I'm storming out the house. I'm skating away. Eventually come back. Um, yeah, and uh, she would stay strong. <laughs> She's a strong woman for sure, and she would stay strong, and she knew the, the stuff that I would do, and she continued to experience it. And even in that, she just loved me. She fought with me less and loved me the more she grew in maturity in Christ. Um, but I, she wasn't putting up with everything I was doing, though. <laughs> and she would bring me to church uh, because I was just in her household. I was underage, and so she would bring me to church. Even 18, she would still bring me to church. Um, and like Pastor Tim said, I'd just be in church, just like sleep, and just in this joint, just like not caring, not listening to Pastor Tim at all, arms crossed. Just wanting to get out of there. You know, I didn't have no interest in church. Um, yeah, and then eventually I just stopped going. Uh, I was just being disrespectful to my mom, and she just, you know, didn't invite me, which was fine with me because I was like, I don't want to be here anyway. And so I just, I just was like, great, like I'm not going to go. So then I stopped going, continued my lifestyle, doing the same thing all the time. Uh, and, um, yeah. Just no hope. Interestingly enough, though, you know, even though I was having fun as to what I thought was fun, I was still experiencing a lot of loneliness, a lot of depression, definitely like suicidal. Because um, like I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I was, I became an atheist really in high school. Just like I started talking to my mom, just there's no God, and when we die, you just go to the ground and just darkness and you know, I was just like, that's it. And, you know, that's life. And so I really didn't, didn't have any hope. And so, you know, again, I would just get really depressed. Um, and uh, as well, it just feels super lonely. Even with the friends, even with a girlfriend, I would just get really lonely and just depressed. And uh, I would talk about it in my music all the time. Uh, and I would definitely talk about some crazy things in my music. And again, like, this is how Satan deceives people. Because even in my music, I would call myself a demon. Like, I'm talking about spiritual things, having no understanding of the scriptures, not really even, like, caring about what I'm saying, but just still, like, saying these things. And, yeah, like, now that I'm looking back on it, it's definitely Satan who's really just leading me and whom I'm really just under his power but I just didn't know. Um, yeah, and uh, it happened so fast. It happened so fast. Like, I didn't believe in any spirits. I didn't believe in God. I go, again, I won't get too much into it, but I just had this really, I guess I would call it a spiritual experience to where I believe that I seen a spirit. And from just that, just Thinking that I seen the spirit, it opened me up to, wait, if there's actually spirits, if there's actually, you know, then there are angels. You know, if there's a spiritual realm I can't see and there's angels and demons, you know, they could possibly be God. And, uh, you know, I kind of was thinking that. And even to the extent where, like, 
when, when that experience happened, and I literally immediately went to go tell my mom. I was just like, oh, look, I think I've seen this spirit. Because uh, I, like, I recorded it, and I, I won't get into it, but I went to show her, and, um, and yeah, she was definitely surprised, and she was like, you know, which I didn't understand it, but she told me, she was like, like five minutes before you came into the room, like I was praying that the Holy Spirit might be in that room, you know, be with you. And uh, yeah, she was definitely praying that. Um, and I just understand. I was just like, okay. But I definitely started to believe in like the spiritual realm and spirits that I just cannot see all around us. And from there, again, it happened so fast. It was like December of, uh, of 2016. Uh, I'm getting my dates wrong. I think this is 2016. Um, but um, yeah, December of 2016. And then immediately I started to get open to the spiritual things. Like, you know, I remember somebody sharing Jesus with me and like being like really open about it. Uh, even to the extent where like they said the sinner's prayer and I said it too, but I didn't like really believe or like that didn't change me. But definitely, I was more open to even praying that and even, like, reading that as well and just hearing. Um, but, um, yeah, I was just so open to things. And there was just one burning question God was putting on my heart. Um, and it was, what is truth? What is the truth? Like, that's what God really put on my heart is, what is the truth? And it was just a question that was just continuously, like, coming to my mind and just a question that was just started small and just growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Again, till, I'm going to hop right into it, till February, um, I believe it was February the 5th, 2017. Um, this day, it was a Sunday, and I really woke up just wanting to know if these things are true. Does God exist? You know, is Jesus who he says he was? It's like, Jesus, my mom talking about, is this real? Uh, is God real? And yeah, that day I woke up and I just was like, I need to know. So I'm going to go to church with my mom. Uh, I'm going to go back. And um, so I asked my mom, like, hey, can I come to church with you? And she was like, yeah, of course, baby, you can, you can come to church with us. Um, so yeah, that day I came and um, was sitting and actually attentive, like I was actually listening, I was actually engaged, rather than being unengaged and sleeping and just uh, wanting to leave, I was actually attentively listening to Pastor Tim. And uh, at the end, you know, he was doing an altar call, and I was just feeling convicted of just like, I need to know if these things are true. Like, I want to know God. And um, yeah, I was standing right over there right in front of you, Liz, or maybe just in this front row I was, I was standing uh, with my mom right next to me. Um, and uh, yeah, he was doing an altar call. If anyone wants to follow Jesus, you know, uh, right now he's doing the, the hand raises, but he was doing like stand up, like, you know, stand if you want to follow Jesus. <laughs> and uh, it took me a good bit. It took me like 10 seconds, but man, I was just, I need to know. And so I stood, I stood and um I gave my life to Jesus, and I was just praying in my heart. Yes, yes. And I was just praying in my heart, God, like, if you are real, show me you exist. 
um, and asking God for his forgiveness. And, um, you know, Trev gave me, Trev and Pastor Tim, they gave me um, the Gospel of John. It's like a pamphlet of the Gospel of John. And, you know, immediately I got home, you know, I started to read this thing. I started to read the Gospel of John. And it was in like a overtime. But it was like, I'm getting into this thing and I'm going through this thing. I still have the pamphlet today and all the, the marks that I've made in it um, at that time. And yeah, it was awesome. Verses like the, 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 even the first chapter was powerful when it talks about how, you know, the light shined in the darkness. Darkness did not understand or the darkness did not comprehend the light. That's what it says. And um, so that verse was like really powerful reading that as well as um, just what Jesus speaking about truth. John 8, when he says, and he, when, he, when he talks about truth, when he says, um, you shall know the truth and truth shall set you free. Um, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Uh, and so like some of these verses that I was just reading was just like powerful, just Jesus answering the question, what is truth with himself? Like again, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone comes to the, anyone comes to, um, no one can come to me, what does it say? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm slipping up right now. Um, no one comes to the Father but through me. Um, and again, just other verses in John. Uh, when he was talking to Pontius Pilate, when, you know, again, like anyone who is of the truth knows me. And Pilate says, what is the truth? And um, yeah, these are powerful verses that just completely changed me completely. Um, and from there, I just began to, you know, get into, get into the Word. I began to study the Scriptures. I began to read the Scriptures. I said, I need to get, in, like, I need to get into the Bible studies. I need to be in the Friday studies. Uh, Joseph, who we know, the Samoan brother, I need to get involved with what he's doing. Um, and that's how I met Bradley, as some of you guys know Bradley. Um, and from there, I was just like, I need to be in the Bible studies. And, and no one even had to tell me to start to share my faith. Like, no one, I, I don't remember somebody directly saying, Javon, you need to share your faith. Like, that day I started to share my faith. That day I, I needed to post on social media. Like, I just gave my life to Jesus today. And, um, yeah, like, and from there, like, God began to just, you know, work on me and just, you know, get me involved with the, with the body. Um, yeah, and just get me reading. And um, I didn't even really know how to study the Bible. Um, but eventually God was just putting it on my heart to just know more of, of what I'm reading. And then I began to get into, like, apologetics, uh, which is given a defense for the faith, specifically Christian apologetics, which is given a defense for the Christian faith. And again, like, me wanting to know the truth, like, I'm just, like, I'm really into apologetics. And I get into just what do we believe and why do we believe it? You know, and the historical Jesus and not just um, the perception of Jesus within the minds of most Americans, um, which is so interesting talking to people. Um, but like who Jesus was, the historical resurrection, that this is, this thing is like documented. And, um, you know, just get into, I won't go super deep onto it, but really started to get into just, um, just, just uh, what I believe and why I believe it, um, as well as just God just giving me a heart for 
for, for one, giving me a heart for himself. Two, that transforms to like I have a love for people. Like then I want to share with people what God has done in my life as well as share with people just Jesus, just the gospel. Like of like, dang, like he changed somebody like me. Like if somebody like I saw, I, I meet so many people who like they were like, you're a Christian. Because they see the dreads, they see my outfit, and they're like, oh, I don't know if this guy's a Christian. And yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just meet so many people who, who wouldn't think that I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, and yeah, I began to talk about Jesus, and it's just like, huh, huh. But um, yeah, definitely God giving me a heart for like just being obedient to his word. Mark 16, 15, preach the gospel to, to every living creature. Matthew 20, 19, go and make disciples of all nations. And just wanting to be about that. And like God early on teaching me just the cost of discipleship, teaching me Luke 14 of what it means to actually follow Jesus. And, you know, again, like loving him above family and denying myself, taking up his cross and following him and understanding, studying like the depths of what these things mean and what, what it really means to follow Jesus. And yeah, and uh, he really put on my heart evangelism to where I just started to want to go out and talk to people about Jesus. And um, it, wasn't like a, it wasn't like a thing to where like, again, it was like such a, which it should be as well as like, we should see the commandments of scriptures and obey them, but it was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to go out and witness to people. And to where I started to do that, I started to, to go out and witness to people. And um, God giving me a heart from there for missions to where, uh, kind of like Russ was sharing, you know, I went to El Salvador, um, New Zealand, which I was at New Zealand for three months, and then Guatemala, which I just came back from um, in 2019. And I was there for almost a year. And just God giving me a heart to, you know, locally and globally, like there's other nations who do not know Jesus and he wants to bring them to, to Christ as well. And uh, yeah, that's kind of just the heart that God has given me for sure to, to go to the nations, which he still, I still have that same heart um, to where even right now, uh, you know, God is definitely working on me and wanting me to just be here and to be still and just allow him to do what he needs to do. Um, but definitely having a heart for missions as well as, hey, right now I'm living in Richmond. And, um, you know, again, like definitely God has been showing me his faithfulness to where, again, like Pastor Tim's messages are really powerful because that's something that God has really been speaking to me this season was just like, don't fall away. Don't become lukewarm. Don't stop sharing your faith, Javon. Don't stop praying for people at stores. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep being faithful. Keep, keep doing what I put on your heart to do. Keep doing my will. My son, keep on doing it. Do not, do not fall into lukewarmness. Um, do not fall into this thing just being just a religion, but this thing being reality. It's reality. And... Um, yeah, I'm still doing it. <laughs> I'm still in Richmond. I'll still be going out to the streets. Um, yeah, we just we just talked to somebody today. But um, 
yeah, definitely God is still doing a work in my life. God is still showing himself faithful and continuing to keep me um, because I cannot keep myself. Not only did I not change myself, but I can't keep myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just continuing to cry out to the Lord of just wanting to stay in the light. And um, yeah, so that's my testimony. I definitely want to encourage you guys to just, you know, let's just continue to follow Jesus wholeheartedly to where, again, like we're not, like we really believe the, the word. Like we're not, we're not going to not be obedient. We're going to be obedient. We're going to share our faith. We are going to bear fruit. We're going to grow and not only like grow together, but we're going to, again, reach out. We're going to multiply disciples to where it doesn't just stop uh, just us gathering, but Chesterfield, Midlothian, Powhatan, Richmond, Henrico, people are coming to the faith. So that's definitely like God's heart for Virginia. That's his heart for all around the world. Um, so, yeah, I hope I was encouraging tonight, and I, um, I would like to close in prayer as well as Russ going to come up here, but I definitely want to pray. Father God, I, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this time, God. I thank you for your word, God. As you said, you said, it says in your word, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them up out of the land of Egypt that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. And Lord, I, th I thank you, God, that you are God, Lord. Um, and it is you who has made us. You are the, the one who's created the heavens and the earth. Um, you truly do exist. You are real, God. And a lot of times, Lord, we can intellectually know this thing, Lord, but help us to truly believe it with our hearts, Lord, to where we're not walking by spirit. You're not, you're not walking by fear. You're not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So, Lord, help us, God. Help us to just be fully committed and dedicated to you, Jesus, to where we do not fall into lukewarmness, Jesus, but we just want you, God. We just want to be about your business. We want to seek you. We want to love you. We want to do what pleases you, God, because of just who you are and that you have brought us out of Egypt. You have brought us out of our sin. You have delivered us. God, we deserve hell. We deserve your wrath, God. Like, that's, that's just, God, giving us what we deserve. But you are rich in mercy. Your, your, your grace abounds to where you offer us salvation and you give us a new life. You make us new creations. So I thank you, Lord, that anyone in Christ is a new creation. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless, bless each and every person here, God, who's even listening online, Lord, um, that we just might walk as a new man, God, and just be committed to following you, Jesus, to making disciples and just being about your business, Father. So I thank you for CCR, Lord. I thank you for Pastor Tim, Lord. Continue to strengthen Pastor Tim, Lord. Continue to um, protect him from the attacks of the enemy, God. Um, but be with him, Lord. Be with the leadership here, God. Um, so we thank you, Lord. Thank you for delivering me, God. Thank you for my mom and <laughs> delivering her as well. Um, and just continue to do an amazing work in all of our lives, God, to where we're just giving glory to you. We're looking back and we're giving you glory for what you have done and we're pressing forward, God. 
So we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. That was great, Javon. You know that um, some of the stuff is hard to talk about, but you can tell Javon is someone who is not looking back. So whatever in the past, praise the Lord, he's moving forward. Such a neat example of how the Lord is building the church as well. And I just want to leave you with a scripture. And um, if you haven't heard Erica's testimony, which is Javon's mother, it's pretty neat. Just seeing the Lord save actual families, <clears throat> individuals, families, however he may do it. But I think I'll be pretty close on this, how uh, Erica's brother, Joel, he's been down here a few times. He was, he kind of, I guess, stepped away from the Jehovah's Witnesses and was actually listening to, to Calvary Chapel on the radio up there in Philly. And then he started encouraging Erica to you know, find a Bible-believing church, there's Calvary chapels and so forth, and just really, ins so he pulled out and then started witnessing to Erica and really trying to find, tell her to find a Bible-believing church and get into the Word of God, you know, the Bible being so much different than what we were taught in, in Jehovah's Witnesses and so forth. So Joel was really pouring into her, and then she gets saved, and then Javon gets saved. Erica, you know, she apparently was kind of looking for a Bible-believing church and ended up coming, coming to Calvary. And I, I think she came to our church by mistake even, or something happened like that. And then she heard it and stood up that day, no looking back for Erica. Boom, poured into to Javon, no looking back for Javon. Bradley gets saved as well. Just several months ago, Bradley's brother Jared got saved as, as well. So... You know, we see all this happening, praise the Lord. And it's, it's great it's among the youth as, as well, the youth rejecting the, you know, the wisdom and the allure of the world. Praise God for that. So really neat just seeing all that. Great job, Javon. Uh, um, you know, just a great testimony and, and very encouraging for all of us. Uh, from the teaching that I was kind of putting together, uh, I just didn't get a chance to type it, type it up, and it would have just been all jumbled up and not good. But... but taking a look at the people that are sort of the misfits out of so much, so much of the Bible when you look at the people that really kind of make up even the very bloodline of the Messiah, very imperfect people. They weren't all heroes and, and did everything perfectly. It's quite the opposite. They were just, you know, real humans and real people. Ruth was part of that. Ju Judah, when you look at, at the people that are part of the bloodline of the Messiah, in a sense, same thing as the body of Christ now, you know, just imperfect people. But uh, part of it was going to be on Ruth, and I just want to leave you with something that struck me this time going through it. But Ruth 18, so we know, we know the typology in the book of Ruth where you have Boaz, who's a man from Bethlehem, sort of a, you know, a prominent man from Bethlehem. He's a picture of Christ, and you have Naomi sort of, uh, one figure. Some people, you know, kind of consider it as a picture of, of Israel, other people, and then you have Ruth, sort of the, the Moabitess Gentile woman as well, sort of a picture of, of the Gentiles. And, and so there's some interesting typology to that, but, uh, and, and a lot more than, than just that. I want to keep this brief, but in Ruth 3.18, this struck me, where Naomi is speaking to Ruth, and Ruth has kind of made her move, and, and, uh, and Boaz accepts Ruth and, and wants to be the kinsman redeemer, redeemer and, and bring her in as his bride. 
Uh, but Naomi counsels Ruth. She says, then, she, then said she, sit well, my daughter, until you know how the matter will, f- will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he has finished the thing this day. So Naomi knows Boaz and she's like, Boaz is a man of business. He's going to get right to it. He's not going to rest until he has settled this matter and found out if he can be your kinsman redeemer or not. He's going to take care of it today. And, you know, we tend to think of the Lord Jesus as, you know, we know he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And we t- that's sort of a, it sounds almost passive, but that's his position, but in authority and everything that goes with that. But he's not passive right now, though, though we kind of have verses like that. He's not passive. He's building his church, just like Boaz. The typology with Boaz is fascinating in and of itself, where Boaz, he's not going to rest until the thing is settled. And and he's got his bride. Same thing for us for, with Jesus. He is building, building his church, just like stories with Javon and so many things happening all around. The Lord is building his church. He's getting his bride ready. The question is, as has been said, you know, does the bride, at this point, do, do we really care if Jesus comes back or not? There's, you know, I think there's a bit of refining that needs to happen. We'll talk about that tomorrow in Revelation, probably, because... There's going to be some crazy stuff happening in order to get the bride ready. As of right now, large parts of the churches, especially in the West, I would say, don't really care if the Lord comes back or not. But the Lord is getting his bride ready and whatever that's going to require um, to, to find out who's really a true believer versus people who just who kind of put on a good show. So anyway, so I wanted to leave you with that verse that the Lord is not passive. He's actively building his church and Javon is a just a living example of that. With that, let's go before the Lord. Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you for Javon's testimony, Lord. We just praise you and thank you. Thank you for saving him. We pray you would save other parts of his family as well as ours, Lord, and people that we know and acquaintances, Lord, co-workers, that you would save them. We pray for the the saving knowledge, the saving faith, Lord, that you would pierce their hearts and bring them to you, Lord, as we don't want people going to hell, Lord, but they were made in your image and there is accountability. We want no one to perish and we know that your heart as well, that you desire none to perish, that all would come to a saving knowledge and a saving faith. So we thank you and praise you this evening. Please grant everyone a safe trip home and bless and be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good night.